inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, this is the last episode of 2016. And I want to say thanks a lot for your preference, uh, joining us. As a special gift, I have today for you a world-class expert who I've been following for some time, and I admire her work, and I'm very happy that she is with us. When your message must be memorable, your presentation powerful, and your sales successful, in person or online, Patricia Fripp can help. Kiplinger's personal finance wrote that the sixth best way to add to your success is to learn presentation skills from Patricia Fripp. She is a Hall of Fame keynote speaker, executive speech coach, sales presentation skills, and an online training expert. To improve your speaking and sales presentation easily, conveniently, and quickly, your best option is to learn from Patricia in her interactive online training, Fripp vt.com and have her available 24 7 hello patricia welcome to the show it is a pleasure to be with you and your listeners oscar yeah thanks a lot i'm really happy to have you here patricia and yes what if you give us a snapshot of your career to tell us about yourself all right well thank you I was born in a small town in the south of England, mm -hmm. uh, long before you were born, Oscar. <laughs> and I came to live in America at 20. I came to find fame and fortune. I thought everyone in America was rich and the streets were paved with movie stars. And I have not been disappointed. I, uh, I was a hairstylist in England. And when I came to America... I found that hairstylists work 100% on commission. There's no vacation pay, no retirement pay, no sick pay, just half of what you bring in the salon. And to me, that was a license to steal. And my boss, my first boss over here said, Patricia, go back to England and bring mm. over 28 of your friends. I'll oh. become a multimillionaire. And I said, Charles, I don't know anyone who works the way I do <laughs> in England. I've never worked with anyone the way I do. And my first message, <laughs> Oscar, would be, it doesn't matter what your endeavor is, whatever your profession or how you choose to make your living, you do not have to be the best or the best educated or the smartest. You do have to get up early and perhaps mm. work a little harder than everyone around you. And so from my hairstyling, I, I went into men's hairstyling when it was a new industry, started traveling nationwide for a hair product company because I was, uh, I was successful in my business, not only as a hairstylist, but building the business and promoting it. And then my executive clientele, and this is the next lesson, <laughs> if you have clients or customers 
who are supporting you in one endeavor, they will help you in your next endeavor. So, of course, my clients were saying, oh, well, you're speaking. Come speak to my Rotary Club, my Kiwanis Club, my Lions Club, my Breakfast Club. Hey, can you speak at my staff meeting? And out of those first talks, people started saying, well, what would you charge to say that to my group? Then in 1977, I went to my first National Speakers Association convention. And I realized this is what could very well be my next profession. Now, here's the third lesson, Oscar. We often get introduced to an idea or a way to make a living or we have an opportunity to see what could be potentially our next step. I realize, though, I have a great interest in this. I have to develop the skills, not only how to perfect speaking, but how to market myself. So this is a long term goal. So I set a goal that if I chose to, I would be in a position to be a speaker when the lease on my salon was up, which would have been eight years. And so this is the next you make decisions now and take actions now for what you want to do long term and i and so i used speaking to build my salon from my staff's business so i wasn't needed as much and then when i became the first woman president of the national speakers association in 1984-5 then uh, what happened was I sold my start my salon and my staff a year ahead of schedule and went full time as a speaker. Then I was mostly a keynote speaker on on customer service, how to get keep and deserve your customers, how to promote your business. And then and this is the next lesson. Mm -hmm. Your clients and customers will tell you how they want to engage with you. Because I had two turning points. One, I was speaking at a na at a national sales meeting, and the nat national sales manager said, "Patricia, I liked your speech. However, I really loved how you delivered it. Could you teach our salespeople to speak that way? Uh -huh. Because it takes us a year." To be in a position to deliver a one-hour present, uh, presentation to a hospital board, it's worth $9 million a year if we get the business. Mm -hmm. But we are losing business, and it has nothing to do with what we offer mm -hmm. or our mm -hmm. pricing. It has to do with the presentation skills of our competitors are better than ours. So when I put together a training program for them, little did I know this would evolve to become a major part of my business. Then again, I, as a speaker, was always interested in how can I be the best I can. I worked with speech coaches and took screenwriting classes and, and a lot of different related activities to performance. And people used to say, oh, well, can you be my speech coach? And I say, no, 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 go to my speech coaches, go. And then twice in one day, executives said, hey, 
I want to hire you to be my speech coach. And I thought, the world is telling me this. Mm. So Mm. then I started helping other people improve their presentations. So as you see, I went from a hairstylist to a keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. And although I still keynote conferences, the majority of how I make my living is helping other people with their sales presentations or executives with their presentations. And then, of course, you know, my clients say, Patricia, we've got, you know, we've got hundreds of people we want to train, but we can't bring them to a training or they're all over the country or all over the world. And so that's why I developed my Mm -hmm. online training platform. It's really responding to other speakers. I want to learn what you know. But I want to do it faster, have the online training. Hey, I want to train 100 people, but we're not going to bring them together. Online training and, and the use of, of virtual introductions. So it's it's very simple. Don't have to be the best. You do have to work harder. You have to be open for opportunities. And this is the point, Oscar. Opportunity does not knock once. It knocks all the time. We don't always recognize the sound. And it's a matter of listening to what your clients tell you you want. And, of course, a lot of my first engagements came from my executives who were my hairstyling clients. Yeah, can you imagine? So many people go into different businesses and they think they have to start again. So it's a matter very simply of uh, of just starting with uh, with hey do you know who is looking for this and and you start with the people you know you love now because of technology of course we expand people find us online but it all starts with developing relationships with the people you know or you have some sort of relationship even if it's only in LinkedIn or Facebook So that is a snapshot of developing my career with hopefully a few lessons that would apply to everybody. (laughs) Yeah, it was impressive because in the way that is quite fascinating, your your story and how how you started and how we developed, but also the lessons that you you just told us, okay, just by telling us your personal story, just uh, gave us a lot of lessons and wow. Uh, awesome and the, yeah the, one of the last things you saw is about um, listening to the customer that is very important and that leads us to the main topic I will go to discuss with you is um, you mentioned you are professional sp- speaker keynote speaker um, trainer speaking coach but also um, sales um, sales trainer and that's the topic we're going to talk today so Tell us from your experience, uh, when you work with sales team, how do you help them? Uh, yeah, and, and Oscar, of course, there are a lot of sales trainers. And what I do, I say to my clients, I can't tell you how to get in front of your prospect. Well, I could, but there are other people that talk systems, strategies. Mm -hmm. What I teach, and it's very important to be clear with what area, Mm -hmm. because the clearer you are in what you do, the easier it is for for prospects to know this is what I'm looking for or this is not what I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. 
So I say when you are in front of a prospect, now it might be through a webinar, it might be on the phone, uh, or it might be you've gone through the various steps now, you've got an interest, you might be one of several contenders for a piece of business, and it's a more formal presentation. Again, a lot of my clients do this in webinars. They don't do it in person, and then others do it in person. But however you're going to communicate, I'm going to help you with the structure and the scripting Mm -hmm. and the stories that are going to go in your presentation. So I, I... And I know our audience is from around the world, but I would say if there were a format that the average salesperson in America, they might have great product knowledge. And this is one of the mistakes I believe many companies make is one, they spend a lot of time training people on this is what we sell. This is what's good about it. This is how we're positioned in the marketplace. And then they send them out. And many of my clients, they hire relatively young sales professionals. That mm-hmm. This might be their first, second, or third job. They're in their late 20s or early 30s. They're not really seasoned. And they've never learned how to be persuasive. And really, they know what they're selling, but they don't know what words to use. So the basic premise i say is one nobody cares a damn about you or your product now i speak in black and white to get your attention what they care about is how your product or service can improve their condition can help them with either expanding an opportunity that they're missing or getting more market share or they are they are going to be positioned above their competition. So I would say, first of all, a lot of salespeople say, hi, my name's Oscar, and I work with the ABC company, and we've been in business for 20 years, and this is what we do, and this is who we do it for, and we'd love to do it for you. Now, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. So one, you start with Oscar, Uh, Now, Oscar, you have turned into the prospect. You're not the salesperson. So, Oscar, uh, you, you, so I'm going to ask you questions. And this is, this is a point worth writing down. The quality of the information you receive depends on the quality of your questions. Mm -hmm. And. So I would say if you're having a conversation with someone, you need to congratulate them. Focus on them, not your company. So you say, Oscar, congratulations. Your latest website updates are incredible. Or congratulations, your stock price has gone up 2% when your major competitors have just gone down. You're obviously doing something right to find something about them that they have a right to be proud of. And it's really good if it's something you had to perhaps dig for a little bit. And then you'll say, thank you for the opportunity. Now, most salespeople, thank you for the time. No, mm-hmm. I work as I'm just as busy as you are. <laughs> so you thank them for the opportunity to discuss if the frip 
sales presentation skills training might be what you're looking for. So you you position that. So one, congratulations. Two, thank you for the opportunity. Now you are going to ask questions. So may I ask in the area of, you know, training, for my case, it'd be training. You know, what have you done that has worked? If if we were working with your salespeople, uh, what do they do superbly well? Uh, what would you want them to do more of? Or on a scale from one to 10, your 20 salespeople who are so good that if everyone was like them, you wouldn't be talking to people like me. So you see, and, and how many? Okay, so you have two that are superstars and 18, or let's say eight that are average and mm -hmm. 10 that are so new they don't know how to speak. So you see, I'm getting the information. Then I want to know, well, do you keep statistics on one, uh, when it comes to a more formal presentation, how many you know, what's your closing rate? Well, it might be one in three. All right. Now, if I may ask, when you make a sale, not an enormous sale, not a little sale, but an average sale, how much how much is this to your company? So you see, you're you're asking questions because if you want to justify the cost of your invest of the investment in your services or your product, you need to know and it has to be in their words. What is it costing them to not do business with you? Mm -hmm. And so they might be talking to other people that have the same similar product or service, but perhaps they aren't asking as good a question. Because if you work on the principle that they are more interested in themselves, you need to get them talking more than you. And then you say, so let me understand this. An average sale for you, Oscar, is $20,000. And you are closing one in four deals. Now, what would it, if we, if we improved your salespeople's performance and closing rate, so it would be one in two rather than one in four, what would that be worth to the company? Now, I'm not very good with math, but it's good. Even if you are, you want them to work it out. Mm -hmm. So you see, if you could improve their, their rate by this much, and that might be worth about $2 million a year, do you realize when they say, Patricia, this sounds really good, what would it cost to do it? I would say, based on the sales you're losing, my fee is inconsequential. Mm. But you can't do that. And now you're obviously going to tell them. And I say, well, it, so what does it cost? That depends. Would you like to start with a pilot program in your San Francisco office? Would you like to roll it out virtually for a couple of months and have the virtual training and then work? So now you look at how you are going to do, do what they want and they have options to choose what's best for them. Mm -hmm. So that's why. So mm -hmm. it's a matter mm -hmm. of asking questions. Mm -hmm. Then you structure. So you might be talking to someone who isn't actually you know he's 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 
he or she uh, can get you the information you need and make th this sounds good. We need you to come back and talk to our senior executives. So then what you do, you use a similar format when you go back to the seniors. It's congratulations on this. Thank you for the opportunity to discuss if we're your best option. And an and Oscar told me that you are most interested in fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And and your your strength is here. If there was an area to improve, it would be here. Now, based on Oscar's generosity with time and information, this is what we would recommend. Now, you are structuring your presentation around how you would serve them. So this is your challenge one. Now, this is how we would help. And here is an example of how we did it for somebody else. This is where you give, you tell a story about somebody else with the same problem that you solved for them. And so you want to open with impact. You want to focus and structure your presentation mm -hmm. all around them. Three, you want to give stories and examples of satisfied clients, which is like bringing your satisfied clients on a sales call with you. And then you do a review, you answer their questions, and you might say, if this is of interest, our next logical step is to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so that is some of the advice and how I help my my clients improve the rate of how they close sales. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's um, as you mentioned the important of the using the right words is what, what you mentioned. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your for this opportunity in, in, instead of thank you for your time. Yes. And this is how you help with uh, the right the right words. Then you mentioned the the structure. Of course, it's pretty important asking asking questions, and the use of a story, you know, concrete stories. Um, could you tell us a bit about mistakes, concrete mistakes that you you see in 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 sales? Oh team? yes, good. Well, one mistake is winging it, mm -hmm. and it's often. When I train companies, I find that it's very often the most senior people, because they're experienced, they think they can wing it. Yeah, well, I'll be confident. <laughs> yes, you're overly confident. Mm. So you know what you want to say, but you still, I would challenge everybody to always look is specifically what is different about this company? What is the challenge about this company? And although you have plenty of stories and examples in your repertoire, mm. what are most pertinent to this company? So one, spend more time thinking, and I would say rehearsing, certainly rehearsing your opening, reminding and reinforcing what you know about them. Then two, it's, perhaps not asking enough questions. So that they're taking it for granted. They're not rehearsing. They don't ask enough questions. And how about this? You don't confirm, you don't confirm your appointments or your calls. It is amazing. 
that mm. we're all so busy, it's not a bad idea to confirm everything you do. So, and two days ahead of time. Yeah. Then it's uh, not using stories or not using stories as effectively. And we can certainly talk about how do you make your stories more effective. And then using too much I language. So I am going to tell you rather than what you will hear, what you will discover, uh, what uh, based on your experience, mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. feel confident so you want you-focused language rather than I-focused language in your written and spoken communications and then not driving what is the next logical step. Like the call so, to action. And then, and then another is not being specific. Now, I am mm -hmm. famous for a phrase, Oscar, specificity builds credibility. So, for example, is you, you want to look at the word choice. And, of course, we are, you, know, you are doing superbly well, but English is a second language. Mm -hmm. uh, when you understand in Silicon Valley and most, or I would say a very high percentage of the people you deal with, English is their second and third mm -hmm. language. True. So, for example, uh, the question I ask most of my clients is, what do you mean by thing? It's not specific. <laughs> now, in everyday language, in everyday conversation, there is no agenda. So you might use less specific language and you might say, oh, well, the, the thing I like most about Fred. However, with a sales presentation or a speech or an important meeting, mm -hmm. Part of your preparation is to think specifically about what you're going to say and you select the right words. So you might say the three attributes I like most about three, Fred, the three qualities, the three habits, the three philosophies. So use specific words. It's important anyway. It is even more important when English is not the first language of the person you're talking to. And wherever you work in the world, we are dealing internationally. You are dealing with people from all nations and cultures. And it's important to be clear and concise. And not a bad idea to speak in shorter sentences and phrases and build more pauses in so that people can digest what you what they've just heard. Because as counterintuitive as it seems, we often connect more in the silence and the pause than when we're speaking because once you've made a statement or you've talked about an example of how you help somebody else, you need to give the people listening a few minutes to think, well, yeah, that sounds good. Well, mm, this is a similar situation to this.
So you need to give them time to digest and have some internal dialogue. Yeah, and also see, so see their reactions. No? Yeah. And if you can, so you might say another specific example. You might say is, uh, I'm confident we could help you increase sales. Mm -hmm. Well, it might be better to say, obviously, there are no guarantees. However, if we look at the last five companies we've worked with who Uh, who subscribe to the same strategy that we are recommending for you, their sales increased an average of 27% in the first two months and 56% within six months. A lot depends on how we implement and have follow-up repetition and reinforcement for your sales professionals. So you see, I'm giving some numbers and some specifics. So you make an emotional connection when you use you focus language and stories. Mm -hmm. You make an intellectual connection when you're giving statistics and specific information. And to drive sales, we have to make an emotional and intellectual connection because when individuals or companies invest money in services and products, they have to feel good about it and they always have to justify it to somebody else, to their boss, to their leadership, to their shareholders. So that's why you need specifics and emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Pretty true. As you said, specificity builds credibility. Yes, specificity builds credibility. And we want to be more credible and more focused on them than our competition. Because, Oscar, when you have two <coughs> or three companies or consultants or sales professionals representing companies that on paper look similar. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, we all, we, we have good references. We do business with companies just like them. We, we all have our methods or our technology or our products are all great products. And the price isn't that much difference then the presentation makes an even bigger difference because it's difficult to tell the difference between the three companies. But you do know if this sales professional or this sales team feels like they care more about you, mm -hmm. they were focused more on you, That gives you a competitive edge. Yeah, it sounds like they have uh, the solution to the specific problem. No? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, do you have some other advice for both sales conversations and presentations? Well, let's talk about how you make your stories better. Yes. Sounds Because great. a well-placed, a well-used story is is a very valuable tool. So very simply, you stories are about people. And although you might say, but 
I represent a big company that is selling to another big company. Mm -hmm. Yes, but companies don't sell. Individuals who represent companies sell to individuals or teams from another company. So you always, so you might say, if, um, well, can you give us, well, let's just say you were talking about, well, I, I'll just use because it's easy to work out. All right, Patricia, this sounds good. Uh, well, who else have you worked with? Mm-hmm. Well, you might say, uh, Oscar, I never forget. I'll never forget the first time I talked to Shelley. She said, help. We only hire very seasoned technical salespeople, minimum five to 10 years experience. So we naturally assumed they could go out and tell our story. We had a sales meeting and all the salespeople had to present to the leadership and we were horrified (laughs) at how bad they were. I have been charged to scour the globe and find the best sales presentation skills training company. It's lucky you're only 38 miles from headquarters. Now, you understand this is exactly what she said, including help. But what I did, and this is subtle, Oscar, I delivered what she said. I didn't report on the conversation. Mm. If I was reporting on the conversation, I'd say, uh, well, um, a sales manager, Shelley, called me and said we Mm -hmm. expected that all our seasoned salespeople could tell our story very effectively, and we were horrified when we actually listened to them and they couldn't. No, it's so much more dramatic when you say you've got a person, Shelley. That means I could actually give you her phone number. She's a reference. Mm-hmm. Shelley said, help. This is what she said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that is you need a character and, and the conversation. What did she say? So that is the situation. Now, the solution you can deliver in your words. So what we did for Shelley is – Have her tell us exactly what the sales conversation was that they want, that she wanted and the leadership wanted the the salespeople to deliver. We had it transcribed. We edited it down. We made it more specific. We made the stories more dramatic. And one of our team members internalized and memorized the presentation Mm -hmm. and two days later he delivered it to the management team and one of the key sales leaders said i have never heard anyone explain what we do better than tom (laughs) And we said, you realize we only got 
the conversation two days ago. We edit it and he learned it. And we don't even exactly know all the intricacies of what you're selling. In other words, you have to train your salespeople who know what you're selling, how to sell it. And the proof is we learned it. If we can learn it at two days notice, can you imagine what happens when you get seasoned salespeople mm. who understand technology to learn the script? So that is, so you have a situation, you have a solution, and the success is, if Shelly were here, because you always do the success in their words, if Shelly were here, she would say, Patricia, we would not have believed it possible that you could run all our new hires from five continents through your training and teach them how to more effectively deliver our story. There is no way to calculate the impact to our business. Well, they got uh, well-delivered stories in with yes. with dialogues as you no. Yes. So here is a fripicism, Oscar, and a fripicism is a piece of advice from me. It's like a quotation, repetition. <laughs> okay. okay, and this is it. It often seems that our prospects take seminars on how to resist our sales presentation. However, nobody can resist a good story hmm. well told. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> so that's the power of the the stories well told stories and yes so it's it's situation solution success and the situation is always in the dialogue of mm -hmm. your client and of course what you have to do shelly actually said that but we have to shrink it down so that it's and imagine your happy client when you first met them said help How would they articulate their problem? See, in reality, you might have had several weeks of conversations before you before you actually got to the next level. But you, but you have to shrink it in a story to give as much impact as possible in a short period of time as possible. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. The the key moments of the story. Yes, mm -hmm. and then and then it's the the solution you can say in your words this is our four-step process this is what we did and then the success the happy ever after is in the words of the clients because when you are using the words of the clients they can say anything about you that you wouldn't say about yourself so Shelley would say the best decision we made this year is to hire the Fripp team <laughs> It comes better from her mouth than if I said, I am confident the best decision they made was to mm -hmm. hire us. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. of course, I'm confident. <laughs> well, excellent. Excellent piece of advice. Uh, Patricia, this, of course, we are talking about how to um, uh, improve the conversations and presentation for a sales team, but 
I'm sure that these these principles can be beneficial for other people. So who else can benefit with this, with all the things you just told us? All right. Outside the privacy of your own home, all speaking is public speaking. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as private speaking. So whether you are having a conversation with a prospect, whether you are training your team, whether you are being more articulate in your job, uh, whether you want to maximize networking opportunities, there is no greater skill than being a good, powerful, persuasive presenter. And I often start speeches by saying, It never ceases to amaze me that intelligent, well-educated, ambitious professionals frequently overlook developing the number one skill that is guaranteed to position them ahead of the crowd, namely developing the ability to stand up and speak eloquently in public or at least stagger to their feet and say anything at all. And as you know, Oscar, if people want an easy, convenient, cost-effective way to improve their presentation skills or their sales skills or their networking skills mm -hmm. or even their writing skills, because when you're a better writer, you're a better speaker, it's True. all part yeah. of the same discipline. Uh, my FRIP virtual training, the interactive online learn at your own pace training is the best way. And I would encourage all your listeners, go uh, take a free trial at FRIP, F-R-I, P as in Paul, P as in Paul, V as in virtual, T as in training, dot com and see for themselves. They'll get a, a chapter on openings on stories and on sales. So whatever they're interested in, uh, part of what the content we offer to just as a trial would help them. Mm -hmm. We'd love them to invest in it, of course, but they can take a trial and, and see what they think. Yeah, thanks for telling us that. I'm sure it's a, it's a great training with all the, all the story you just told us and what you know. I'm sure this is the product of a lot of wisdom you have in both sales and, and presentation. So, yeah, so highly recommended. Um, yeah, and I agree what you said, that many people um, overlook the importance of improving their communication skills, no, both uh, written and spoken. And, and yes, that's that we we both are working on that, knowing in... In raising the the awareness of, we all need to improve our communication sp uh, sp uh, skills, no matter what we do for life. Yes. Hey, Patricia, could you now share with us your favorite quotation? Well, if we were talking about sales, mm -hmm. I would say, "It is not your customer or prospect's job to remember you. Mm -hmm. It is your obligation." <clears throat> and responsibility to not let them forget you. Now, if it was just a normal mere mortal who does not consider themselves a, a salesperson, in that case, I would say, 
outside the privacy of your own home. <coughs> Excuse me. All speaking is public speaking. <laughs> Those are uh, your Fripicism. Yeah, exactly. Fripicism. <laughs> they, if you've heard them before, they came from me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for for both fripicisms uh, <laughs> and. Yeah. Now, could you recommend us one book in particular that has been inspiring or influential for you? Uh, yes, I would say, and this is going to surprise you, a good thriller. Mm -hmm. Because we all work so hard and we read business books mm -hmm. and we listen to podcasts and blogs. You need to tune it out for a while and read a good thriller. So whether it's Lead Child or David Baldacci or uh, Patricia Cornwall or James Patterson, read a thriller. And I bet nobody else has told you that. Very, very few. A any thriller in particular that comes to your mind or you just recently read? Oh, no, no, no. Well, I, I've just given you four of my favorite authors. Now, if mm -hmm. you want, if you want... A sales book, Alan Weiss uh, is a friend of mine. We did seminars together, A-L-A-N-W-E-I-S-S. And he gives, he writes great books about million-dollar consulting or value-based fees and pricing. So that, I, I would say, that is If you want a business book, especially if you want to advance your career, they are great books. Okay, thank you very But much. But when I curl up on on in on the sofa at the end of a hard day, I'm reading my thriller. Your thrillers, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> reminding that because I'm I'm a bit lazy about reading fiction. I read a lot of uh, non-fiction, quite a lot, but almost no fiction. So thanks for reminding also to well, me. Well, it's a treat. <laughs> It's a reward. I've read four chapters of my business book now because no, nothing, if you're on a delayed flight, mm. you know, and nothing will remove the frustration like escaping to a world of adventure. Mm. Yeah. 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 Fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Well, adventure. <laughs> awesome. Patricia, you just gave us a lot of excellent piece of advice, but leave us finally with a. Uh, An exercise, something practical that you recommend doing daily or weekly, a routine to shine. All right. If you want to shine, whether it is a phone conversation, a networking conversation, or a sales presentation, have it transcribed and read the words that came out of your mouth and you will be horrified. And then you take those words and you rescript them mm -hmm. using some of the FRIP principles you've heard on this podcast or you'll find in FRIP VT and rewrite it and internalize it. And I guarantee you'll have better results. Mm -hmm. So record yourself in, in, a, in your real meetings, real presentations. And well, it, check them. it might be, perhaps you're not going to do it in a real meeting, but mm -hmm. you certainly can have a rehearsal mm, yeah. and record it and listen. And if, if you're going to be delivering it with an audience, mm -hmm. 
get, get a couple of your friends in and, and talk to them because it's different when you're actually uh, talking to people. That would be my best advice. Yeah, it is excellent. Because you have no idea what comes out of your mouth. Mm, yeah, you don't notice. That's that's absolutely yeah. agree. <laughs> Thanks for that reminder to just uh, was awesome talking with you Patricia all your amazing story how you you started her styler and became a um, amazing professional speaker and and trainer today. Please uh, Tell us how we can learn more about you or follow you. What are the best ways? Uh, well, certainly I am on LinkedIn, Patricia Fripp. Uh, I would, of course, go to Fripp, F-R-I-P-P is my, my name is I have blogs and very good blogs. Uh, I certainly have a Patricia Fripp YouTube channel. And the best ever, of course, is go to Fripp, V as in virtual, T as in training.com. Excellent. Well, Patricia, as I told you, this is the last episode of the year. So I wish you a great 2017 and the same for everybody who is listening to this podcast. So all the best. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Oscar. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time. <laughs>